You're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. Welcome to another episode of the NRL All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley back for Supercoach TLT episode for round 23. Three rounds to go. Head-to-head finals has started. Everyone's going to be playing this week if you're still in head-to-heads to get to your grand final next week. And for overall, three weeks to go, but it can be a really big three weeks. Um, and because it's going to be such a big three weeks, it's been about two weeks, uh, two episodes since I've had Billy on board. Billy is returning. So, Billy, welcome back to the All-Stars podcast, mate. Hopefully the last two weeks has been pretty kind to you on the Supercoach front. Yeah, mate, I only came back here to gloat for once. <laughs> First time I've, ever. No, nah, I've had a cracking... Oh, I'm not, oh, finally doing all right, mate. Um, Manny's finally gone garbage and I don't own him. So, finally managed to get back on the street now. <laughs> so... Well, that manages to help a little bit. No, oh, but sure don't worry, he's playing the Tigers this week, mate. So <laughs> this week you're going to not be going that well. Oh, it doesn't matter, mate. I'm out of all my head-to-head finals anyway, so I'm just going to watch and have other people suffer as miserably as I have lately. So you can just put your feet straight up and not worry about it too much then? Oh, not really. There's, um, I, I just found out there's a... Uh, you know, I didn't realise this, but some head-to-head comps, you can actually have a, like a um, like a, a minor a minor prize. So I didn't realise this, um, but the... The, so obviously the top eight goes through, but some comps actually do uh, a bottom eight. <laughs> and what, there's one comp that managed to show up three hundred bucks for the winner of the bottom for the bottom eight comp, and somehow I'm still on that. So I'm up against Manu, but <laughs> we'll see how it goes, mate. That's interesting. I actually do that in some of my um, NBA fantasy ones that I do, the dynasty ones that I've got, because you've got to try and make it so people will like come back and like, so they'll keep, or they'll keep playing if they don't have a good enough squad and stuff. And if they know they're not going to make the eight that year, cause it's dynasty, you know, you could be in it for 30 years. You sort of keep competing if you're in the bottom eight. But the other thing too, is that I do it. So I give, cause there's an NBA draft lottery and the, you know, the bottom, the bottom teams are the ones that get the most balls in the draft lottery to get the first pick in the draft the next year. But yeah. I make it. So whoever actually wins that bottom eight and I call it, we call it, you know, obviously it's the, the um, like the Super Bowl, um, what is it? The NBA Super Bowl or something we call it for the for the winner of the overall. But we call it the Toilet Bowl Championship for the bottom eight. <laughs> and, uh, whoever wins the Toilet Bowl Championship gets the most lottery balls, so the most chance of getting the number one pick in the draft. So you sort of you're, you're punishing the the worst teams by getting the worst picks out of the teams that didn't make the playoffs, which is the opposite to what professional sports do it as. But it's meant to design to go against tanking rather than tanking, right? Yeah, interesting way to do it. I suppose, um, yeah, I suppose it keeps a few people in, uh, interested, interest, interested enough to maybe uh, not take the last three or four games and give someone else, someone all they got that would generally not get there. You know, as well as I do, there's always sort of two or three teams vying for that, uh, that last eight spot, and gives you the shits when someone tanks it and you you go out because someone because someone because someone else throws it throws a throws a spade up against the moppet. Yeah, it is a big part of the head-to-head draw as well. Whereas if you if you're finishing on with teams for the final month that can't make it, um, it's so much easier because a lot of those teams either just start trying as hard or become ghost teams, or they're there because they're uh, out of trades and things. So it, it makes it a lot easier if you've got those games at the end of the draw. 
Um, but look, we digress. For those that are listening for the first time, this is the Supercoach episode, which we do every Tuesday and release on a Wednesday. Got the All Stars Talking Footy episode, which we record every Thursday, and that'll be out Friday, and that's the same again for this week. So we've got the two episodes every week for this episode. Pretty normal formula, although now there is a little bit less meat to rip off the bones. So there is a bit less to talk about. We don't have as much there, but it'll probably be a few shorter episodes to finish off the season. But it doesn't mean it's any less important. Like I said, we've got the head-to-head final still going, and we do have three weeks for people to make it an overall. The strategy talk, we're going to talk about what to do if you've only got your one trade left, because I think it's a really important thing to to use and to think about how you use it. Um, but before we do that, I will say, Billy, just quickly, I think a lot of teams that are um, giving up or that aren't giving up but are sort of looking at it going, oh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, 3,000. I can't possibly get into the top 1,000 or whatever, so I'm going to, you know, give up or I'm just going to play, but I'm, I'm not really that confident. I think there is still things that you can do to have a big leap in this next three weeks. And I think that the template of that was last year, and I've already mentioned this before, but last year people sometimes forget that the last six weeks was just brutal. Now, it hasn't quite been as bad, but certainly this final month is looking pretty brutal because the last couple of weeks we've had a lot of popular players out. We've got guys like May and Talakai out for the second week in a row. Uh, we've got Latrell who should play, uh, but there's a chance that he doesn't. Uh, so there's a lot of popular players each week, the last couple that have been pulling out. And there's also some teams now that we're finally seeing that we're on the cusp of the top eight now getting eliminated. Like Manly can't make it. Um, Dragons are unlikely. Canberra lose this week. They're not going to get through either. You know, those sort of teams, it means that after this week, you might even see some weird minutes rotations. You might even see some teams resting players as well. Uh, certainly we see that every year in round 25 and Supercoach was really good in fixing that for head-to-head finals saying, We're going to have head-to-head grand finals in round 24 to avoid that. But for overall, round 25 is still a basket case where there can be a lot of players that are rested. And what all this culminates to the last few years, Billy, is I think those last few rounds, you cannot make up a hell of a lot more ground than what you can say round 20 and 21 and 22. You know, 23, 24, 25, you make up a lot more ground than what you could have the last few weeks just because of the war of attrition that is super coach now. So I reckon that you still can make up a lot of ground. Uh, I do think that if you're well, you know, 2,000, you could still get into top 1,000 if you had a really good run because there's a lot of weeks where you can pick up an extra couple hundred points on the a lot of the people in front of you if you make some specific decisions. But where where do you stand on that, mate? Do you think that, um, you know, these last few weeks do kind of turn on its head and you can make a big run? Yeah, as long as you don't have any power players, um, should be sweet. Um, there's <laughs> my, my, uh, my weekly gag. Leave them alone now. You know, I love you boys. Just a bit of a in-house joke. Um, yeah, I think the, the you hit the nail on the head with regards to the rotations and the minutes, mate. Um, it's not it's not just the um, the, the restings for the players. It's 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 the lower minutes for the the, the bigger boppers, in, particularly the forwards and the teams that can't that, that can't make make the eight. Um, I think probably a really good example in their life is someone like uh, you know, Tarpany. So he's got a rib injury come back this week, maybe he's coming back a week early just to get needled up and try and get him over the line. But if they don't make it, uh, if they don't win this week and they, and they can't make the final, uh, uh, what's to say Ricky might just go or either go back go back to the bench, go go, go and rest up, or maybe um, even yeah, yeah, if you 
if you're still okay to play, even to start, that will just put you back to 35, 45 minutes like you were at the beginning of the season. All of a sudden, those extra 15 minutes are out the window. So, um, yeah, things like that can hurt, 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 hurt the minutes, the rotation and the expected sort of output, mate. Yeah, 100%. And that goes into our chat about what to do if you've got your final trade. Um, now, first things first, if you've got your final trade, what do you do? This week, what do you do? Well, to me, you use it. And I say that because, Billy, I think that it's all about uh, value. Now, yeah. certainly, you know, a lot of teams will end up saving this trade and not need to use it and they'll get to the final round and, and end up with one trade and nothing to really do with it uh, or just getting the value out of one week, I should say. Um, so I do I do think it's risky for some teams, especially some builds if you're susceptible, like you've only got, uh, you know, one playable half or something like that. You know, you are susceptible. But I'd certainly target using it in one of those spots then. Like if you've only got one half that you can play, use your final trade to get a second half because it's a position where it's high points on offer and you're also completely negating your susceptibility by giving you that backup. But I am a big fan of just going guns blazing, balls to the wall, use that last trade right now. I'm not a fan of saving trades at this point because you want to get a few weeks value out of it. And if you're not going to, you know, and you wait until the last round. The other thing that can happen too is that you've sat on this trade and maybe you had less points these these next couple of weeks and you waited for that last round and then all of a sudden the options are just shithouse. And that's that's going to happen potentially because people are sitting out uh, or because you trade someone in and they end up, you know, trading a tapping in who ends up looking okay for the next two weeks potentially and then he ends up playing that 35 minutes in round, you know, 25 and then it's a waste of trade anyway because it got you less points than your 24th man could have got you. So... I'm a big believer in trying to get the value out of that right now. And certainly if you're head-to-head, don't even think about your grand final that you might be in next week. Think about this week only because if you lose this week, you're obviously not going to get in it anyway. So, you know, if I had two trades left, I'd use them both during my matchup if I had to to make sure I'm in the grand final next week because at least I know that I'll get there. So for me, Billy, one trade left, I'm using it this week for the value. There is some risk to it, but where do you sort of stand on burning that final trade? Oh man, hundred percent. I burn it. What you could even do is just, is is hold off and do, do a strategy like, for example, if you've got um the best seventeen or even just eight, eight, 18, you could chuck someone on someone on the bench like you know Mitch Moses or Dylan Brown playing playing the dogs. You know they're at home. Do they go big? Do they do they go small? You, you could put a bloke like that on the bench and a fab kill it. You know you you could even nuff someone out and, t- and take the AE to make sure they're included in your score. Which is just as good as trading someone in. So, so you could go that route as well. You could even bring a player in, like you know, David Fafita versus um, the Dragons, second last, second last game, game of the round. Same sort of thing. Even chuck him on the bench if he if he, if he goes red, red hot and you've got another trade up your sleeve. You could even do something silly like you know, sort of burning Tuppany if you if you have to just just to get your score over the line and get get you into the GF. It might mean you have to have to play uh, Fafita next week instead of uh, Tuppany, but. It rules out a possibility of you know, a rib injury or smaller minutes and just guarantees you into that sort of uh, big dollar playoff. So there's plenty of ways you'd do it. That was probably an extreme example I gave, but it's, it's a good reason, a good strategy to keep a trade up your sleeve right up until the last couple of games, mate. Yeah, certainly right. And the other thing that people probably should remember with that last trade too, and it's you know conversations that I've had the last couple of weeks with coaches, where they've sent me a DM or they've put a tweet up or something, you know, with the trade, even though it's your last one, it's the same as all the other ones where you can change the trade during your matchups. So certainly for the head-to-head players, like if you initially trade in, um, 
you know, say a high upside player that's that's got a potential for a high upside score but has a low floor uh, in a position. And then, you know, lo and behold, you're not going to be able to, you, you don't need that anymore because you've seen the first half of your matchup and you just need someone really solid to be able to match someone uh, or you just want to match a specific player in your opposition to to get the win. You can always update that trade now. And it was a really good trade fix that Supercoach did where you can just update your trade even though you've made it during the rolling lockout. One of the examples last week, for instance, you know, somebody had tra- had actually traded Cleary and he was the first game and they traded them to, I think it was um, Sam Walker and Sam Walker was the third game or the fourth game from memory. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, Sam Walker was that nice floor sort of halfback option. But then all of a sudden they were behind by 200 points and they didn't have many uniques left and they had to have somebody who had a high ceiling. So all of a sudden um, they needed to get rid of that Sam Walker trade and go for someone that might have been able to get 120, 130 points to get back into the matchup. Even though Cleary had played first, you can still update that trade where Cleary's still your trade out, but you can get rid of the Sam Walker and throw in a DCE who was playing after in the last game. And that didn't work out for that coach, but you still get the opportunity to go for that upside to try and get yourself the win still. So for those coaches that are going to trade early or do need to trade someone out for that, say, first matchup, for instance, um, don't forget that with those new features that Supercoach have introduced the last year, you can still update that trade with the guy that's coming in and still you know, change that player that you got in in the same position. Uh, and that's really handy too. And it's a way that you can reuse that last trade during your matchup if you need to. I actually didn't know you could do that. There you go. <laughs> At all. Learn something new every day. No, it's, it's, I have to applaud Supercoach because they have made some really good changes this year. Um, and, you know, some of the new coaches wouldn't even remember, but it used to just be if you made the trade during the lockout, like at that first game or after that first game, uh, that was the trade. It was set. You couldn't reverse trades anymore. Um, so once you made a trade during that weekend, it was done. The really good, really good change that they've made for you to be able to update or even reverse a trade if the players haven't played yet. Um, so that's really handy to consider as well during your matchups. Yeah, I knew that. I just didn't realize you could actually still um, reverse the trade even though the first one had actually played and just still had to um, change the trade in. I didn't realize you could do that. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it's um like it's also. It doesn't say reverse. It's it's updating trade, and I think that's that's a good change that they've made. You're now up, right. updating the trade that you've made, so you can't reverse it as far as get rid of the trade and just have it back there. You're never gonna have that trade back, but you can update it. So if you hit the button, it will come up with um your trade. So Nathan Cleary and um going out and Sam Walker coming in. Now you can't do anything with the Nathan Cleary part, but you can get rid of Sam Walker in in the guy that's coming in and then replace Sam Walker with the available money for somebody else that hasn't played yet. And that that works out really well. Um, so it's all the, about the updating your trades these days instead of actually reversing. So once the round started, you can update your trades as much as you want. Obviously, the parameters are that you can't update anyone going out or in if they've already played, that's all. Um, but it doesn't mean that you can't update a part of that trade. So a few different options for people to consider. Um, certainly with your last trade, if you're deciding though, Billy, and we'll finish on on this point, I think that if you're deciding on who to get as far as positions, uh, if you're short in a few different positions and you're not sure, always err on the side of uh, those halves and the fullback spots because I think those are where the points are going to be compared to, say, a forward. So I'm of the belief, Billy, that, you know, if you've got 
you know, one backup second row forward. Don't bother getting a second backup second row forward. Definitely get a, you know, a second half back or a second five eight or a second full back. That's where the points are. That's where the high ceilings are. You're not going to get a second row that's going to give you 130, 140 points. And it's even hard this year to get ones that are giving you 100, you know, more than once or twice a season. So I reckon that's what I'd be aiming for. Um, but I guess the other spanner in the works is if teams are vol- a, a, a little bit vulnerable where they've only got one player in a position, so say they've only got one hooker, then then maybe you need to decide to get rid of that risk of that hooker going down or being rested in the last round and get, it, get a second hooker? Or do you think that you can just sort of risk that and just see how you go? Uh, plenty of ways to get a cat now, but just, just, I was just having to think about what you were just saying there. Um, mate, the spine makes sense. I think there's a, probably only two, maybe three players all this year that are out of that spine position. If, if you didn't own them, it possibly hurt you. So Manu is obviously one. Um, possibly Holmes on a certain run that, run that he went. And outside, um, what's his name? Um, I was talking, Tarpany going on his run with bigger minutes in the second row, front row. I really can't think of anyone outside that spine that would have really sort of hurt you. So I think you, you pretty much hit, hit the nail on the head with regards to spine. You're just looking for... Not not even so much a hooker, pretty pretty much halfback, fireback, or fullback only. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's what I'd be aiming for. Um, and I would go, you know, balls to the wall and get get one of those in, even if I was a bit short somewhere else, because uh, I just I think there's too many points on offer at the moment. And if you're head to head, you just have to go for the points. Let's move along to TLT. Uh, before we do, I need to mention the fantastic sponsor and partner of the NRL All Stars podcast in Top Sport. You can go to topsport.com.au and check them out, or you can download their app, which is super easy to use. They've been partners with the All-Stars podcast for years now, uh, and I have to say that they are a fantastic bookie to bet with. They're 100% Australian-owned. I love the service. Uh, Tristan, the CEO, is absolutely phenomenal at Top Sport. Puts out some great, great value. Uh, odds for the punters as well. It's often best odds in market and it's super good service. Love the player performance markets that they've started doing as well, where it's basically like playing super coach where you can bet on the over or under on, on player performances on how much points they're going to score. Uh, but certainly when you're looking at just the standard sports stuff, you know, the first try scorer stuff and the lines that they offer, the odds that you can get on those is so good. Sometimes you should, you just have to check it out if you love to have a punt, but if you're going to punt, do it responsibly, do it within your means. But if you decide that you're going to create an account with Top Sport, make sure you use the promo code of this podcast. That is SC All Stars, all one word. Use the promo code SC All Stars in the promo box when you're creating your account. They'll know that you're one of our listeners and they'll take great care of you. But if you like other stuff other than the sport, don't worry. They've got your racing covered as well. They've got several podcasts as well dedicated to racing that, they, that Tristan actually jumps on and talks about too. So if you like your horses or your dogs, Top Sport's the way to go for you too. So get on Top Sport today. Create the account with promo code SC All Stars and have a great pun on us. Billy, TLT, South Panthers. Um, I'd say the, the big talking point for this one is uh, before we even get into Market Watch on the trade ins and trade outs, Latrell Mitchell uh, hurt his groin, didn't finish the session on Monday, it was iced up. I know that they've been saying, you know, that there's a lot of. Um, optimism that it's all fine. You know, Latrell himself said, no, it's no worries. He'll be sweet and stuff. But groin strains, when you do it on a Monday and you're playing on a Thursday and you're a goal kicker, you know, I do think that there is some concern there for Latrell owners. Uh, so I'm just going to go straight to him. He, he's not someone who's 
being traded in hugely. I think a lot of people either own him or can't afford to get him in now. But this is obviously the first game. So normally this would be a great VC opportunity for Luttrell. Um, I'm actually, I actually think that if he plays, that there's a chance he doesn't goal kick. Um, so he's he's not an out. Um, he's not even really listed in doubt. But I, I would be watching to see what happens with that leading up to Thursday. Yeah, I'm glad he plays first. It means I don't have to muck around with it. If he plays, I think I think he kicks. I think he's he's either all, all in or all out. At this at this stage of the season, I wouldn't think they'd kind of risk him. I don't think I think they're in a much better position given the run that they've had that they don't need to risk him. So I, I think like he'll he'll either be in or he'll be out with with goal kicking. So I certainly wouldn't want to be seen, but um, no one no one with a sort of strain you want to you want to back into. Particularly when they're when they're playing a team at the top of the ladder, um, I know they've got their, their, their halves out, but they're still they're still the Panthers, mate. So I don't think it's a hundred and fifty score. So no, no loop for me. And obviously with the, with the injury player, that rules out that rules out the straight C. So I'll be just happy happy that he plays, mate. Yeah, it is going to be interesting, and it is one of the things with this game too, where where the Panthers might not be able to win a lot of games against top eight teams without their halves, but. It is something where it doesn't really change the defence. Like I don't think it's going to be easy for them to score South Sydney anyway. Let's have a look at market watch as well. There's a few things that make sense. May's one of the most traded out player right now. That makes total sense. This is the second week he's going to be out. The other thing too is that we've got Targo as the fourth most traded out player at the moment though. Now Targo's obviously named. I guess with Targo, the last two weeks he's gone 51 and 36 points. It's it's one of those things where Souths are still able to give up quite a few points. Targo in round four scored 70 against Souths, uh, which, you know, isn't a massive score. But even before the last two weeks, he managed to go 71, 65 and 82. So I'm slightly surprised, you know, after this week against Souths, the Penrith Panthers and obviously Targo has the New Zealand Warriors. So that's a prime matchup for Targo. Gives away the most center wing points out of anyone in Supercoach and Warriors. Uh, and that one's going to be at home at Penrith as well. So I'm just looking at these two matchups just going, you know, they, they actually look pretty good for Targo and I'd actually play him this week. So I'm not sure that I'd be selling him. And look, I don't think he's the biggest hold in the world. Like, I don't think it's a massive mistake that the coaches are selling him. I just think that at this stage of the season that I'd have other options in a team of, you know, 25 that you'd be able to sell instead of him. Yeah, I'm playing him this week. Um just just looking at the makeup of the team, like he's he, he hasn't he hasn't been in spectacular spectacular form with the try scoring ability, but he's, he's still punching up what fifty one last week in a, in a team that was wasn't dominated, but they they weren't they weren't overly sort of fantastic. Tomalolo by similar standards was punching out at forty five, so he, he he's like kind of like Tuo, like he doesn't seem to be having the, the big sort of tackle, the tackle busting tackle busting or line break sort of games um, lately, but he just seems to creep up to 50 with ease. Like he, he does a lot of work, even even if they're only sort of, you know, sort of four or five meter runs, there's still a lot of four or five meter runs, a couple of tackles in there. Um, I, I think he's reasonably safe to sort of play in your team. And if I had, if I had to pick between him and, you know, uh, like a, a King or someone like that, I'd, I'd probably still go, go him purely because he's got that, uh, attacking potential, so reasonably high floor, but uh, not not as good as your forwards. So I could see why people are trading him out. But if you don't have to, he's not he's not the worst to play though. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. May is in the extended bench too, so I mean he's supposed to be out, but there's always a chance that he can he can actually come in and give you a number too. Yeah. Um, so that's important. Uh, for the South Sydney side, they've got Campbell Graham in, 
uh, which is going to help him out. But one of the things that makes huge sense is that Cam Murray is the number one most traded in player at the moment. Murray's been spectacular post-Origin, uh, obviously had the unbelievable game against the Warriors where he had the three tries he's in like 15 minutes, but he really backed it up massively against your boys, Para, who really didn't turn up at all. Murray had 89 points last week against Para and uh, played 73 minutes and that's despite it was being quite a big drubbing. So that's really good signs for Cam Murray. Uh, the other thing too is that his base was at 57, and that's actually the highest base that he's had since round seven. Um, so he's he put in a huge amount of work. He looked really good. He got another try since against Parramatta last week. Uh, I was saying, you know, well, really a lot of the year, I think all of us have been saying there hasn't been that many standout second row forwards. Uh, but certainly right now, if you're going to buy one, I understand why it would be Cam Murray and he deserves to be number one. He's absolutely killing it uh, at 697000 He He's going to be a worthy buy. Yeah. <laughs> After just talking about not trading to Otago and keeping him just, just for this one week at that price, I'm going to go back to get back my word and say, I almost straight swap swap those two at the second row. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you've got a couple of trades up your sleeve and you want to not a guarantee win, but if you want someone that's going to be a little bit more solid and almost guarantee a sixty points as opposed to guaranteed sort of um, you know forty forty five, those fifteen twenty points can be invaluable when it when it comes when it comes to head to heads. Yeah, it can be, and I mean, look, that, that's probably another really good point with Targo. Look, I'm saying I'd probably try and find someone else as a centre wing, if he's sitting in your second row forward and you can't move into centre wing, that's not great. Like, I, I wouldn't want to be playing him in my second row forward. Uh, so certainly, you know, that sort of Ken Murray trade makes sense as long as you're leaving yourself enough depth. Uh, the fifth most traded in player at the moment, Alex Johnston. Now, AJ, I think, was, you know, meant to go on a lesser run and it just hasn't really happened. Uh, it's been since round 15 since he hasn't scored at least 55 points in a game. And remarkably, he's now at 60%, 60-plus for the year. And he hasn't got very many games now, which is very un-AJ-like, that have been below 50. You know, he's only got the five that are below his 50 points, which is a lot less than normal. Uh, and he's quite <laughs> comfortably kept going on for coaches with a five-round average of 76 points at the moment. He's 650,000. Playing Penrith, um, and I sort of... I'd like to say that I don't like the buy, but he's someone that keeps scoring. You know, he's the only times that he hasn't scored this entire year, a try are around 15, round nine, round eight, round five, and then the first two rounds of the season. You know, like it's just the first round of the season, I should say. You know, he's only had four games all year that he hasn't scored a try. That is just remarkable. Uh, that strike rate. Now, obviously, some of his game, Billy, where he scores a try, is not phenomenal. You know, his 55 points a couple of weeks ago included a try. Um, he's got some lower scores in there with tries. 51 is another one, 54, another one, 35 with a try. He can score pretty low with a try still, especially, obviously, if it's from a kick. Um, I, I think that a lot of people might be getting carried away a little bit about how well Souths could go this week. Uh, I'm not a big fan of getting AJ this week because I think there's better options. Penrith can still defend uh, and they can still limit Souths even though Souths might get the victory. And then they've got the Cowboys and then the Roosters. So the next three weeks for Souths isn't the greatest to be trading in a winger that's relying on his try scoring, which he is admittedly doing every game, but you know a lot of those games are still only 50s. So 
I'm not big on AJ. I think he's had a great year. We've probably undervalued him too much, but now's probably not the time that I'd be trading him in. Yeah, well, as an owner for the last four months, I 100% agree. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't be trading him in, mate. When I first bought him, he did bugger all and then scored two tries and only got me, what, no, 70 or 80, then didn't score, then 70 or 80. So that's the frustrating part about him. Like, he'll, he'll, he'll score um, a try in the first sort of, you know, five minutes of the game. First try score will come in, sort of eight, nine to one on your top sport. You'll get excited. He'll have, you know, 45 points on the board in the first sort of 10 minutes. And then he'll still be on 45 points coming into the second half. You're like, oh, crap, please just have one more. Then he gets the other one and you, you end up on sort of 70 priest updates and then he updates to 78. And you're like, oh, thank Christ, I own sort of AJ. But... It's you can say to yourself, look, he's got a reasonably high floor because he's tends to score at least one try per game. But the problem is, you're paying six hundred fifty grand for a guy that's you know got a high floor but a low ceiling because he only scores you know one try per game and gives you that sort of sixty sixty five. So, to answer your question, yeah, he's a good guy to have, but you really want to if you're going to be paying that sort of money, you want to guarantee that there's a there's a really good chance it's going to go over go two or three because otherwise you're just going to get that sort of 55 to the 60. And really at this point in the season, you want someone that's going to give you a, a bit of flair. So unless you think he's going to go over for a double, I think that money could be spent, spent elsewhere, mate, particularly with that draw that you just mentioned. And that's coming from an owner. Yeah, I, I, I don't actually love playing him the next few weeks if I owned him. So I certainly wouldn't be buying him in. Uh, captain choices. Now, obviously, Latrell is the main one. Uh, I'm going to be a bit controversial here. I think that there's enough really good choices this round for vice-captaincy and captaincy that uh, I would prefer half a dozen others over Luttrell. And I say that with all due respect because Luttrell's obviously been on fire. I mean, last week against your boys, he threw up 115. He's now got 115 and 152 the last two weeks. Probably sounds a bit silly to say, don't VC the guy in the first game that's got a you know three-round average of 106 and a five-round average of 111 and two weeks ago went 152. Probably sounds dumb, Barnsley, but I have to say, I think that you know this could be a tougher game. And if he doesn't goal kick, you know that's going to take some points off him. Uh, and if he's hurt and the game's done, he's going to rest that last 20 minutes. Uh, that's the other thing too. And lastly, you know, it, it could limit him a little bit. You know, we Penrith defend well even without their, their halfback and 5'8 there in Luai and Cleary, it doesn't change their defence. And they've shown that. You know, I know the Raiders were poor the other week, but they only scored six points against Penrith. It's it's not a side that's just going to give up points to South. So I am obviously huge on playing Latrell if you own him. If he's named and he's healthy, certainly wouldn't talk him out of buying him with the form that he is in. Uh, I just think that I'd use the VC and see elsewhere. Yeah, look... I wouldn't want to be buying him this week, but if you've got every other player in the comp that's really sort of dangerous, and the only reason you're not buying him this week is because you don't want to buy a guy that will potentially going to go down with injury, if he's the one one guy or one pod that your opponent in, in, in your head-to-head has, and that's, that's their one chance to get, get the leg up, maybe you just have to sort of bite the bullet and sort of nullify him because use my personal experience. What, three months ago, Pappy was coming back from injury. He had a break even of, what, 200? I thought, look, I'm not going to buy the guy at, at that price coming back from injury. Surely he's not going to go on a tear. And he goes and scores 180. So, mate, just because someone, someone's injured or apparently injured doesn't mean they're not If they're good enough to play, they're good enough to score points. So, 
I'd, I'd, I'd be concerned not owning him still, even even under the injury cloud. And if, and if I absolutely had to, I'd, I'd still buy him for that reason alone. Oh, look, especially for the head-to-head, if you think that's going to win you head-to-head by nullifying first up, then it makes total sense and you, you need to do it. I agree with Billy. I, I just think that... Yeah, he didn't, he didn't even score last week. That 115 was where our try. Oh, he killed it. He had like three tries this. Um, and obviously the goal kicking as well because your boys got flogged. So that didn't help. But oh, I just... Oh, I don't think the penalty are going to be pushovers. I really don't. Um, so I think it's probably just as much the opposition um, as anything. I mean, a lot of their games since he's come back... And I, I don't mean to discount what Latrell's done. Latrell could easily go, could definitely go 100 points this week and I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I'm just playing the odds that it's not as likely as what it has been. You know, he beat up on Parramatta twice and both times I thought that Parramatta were absolutely awful. They were terrible last week. Newcastle and the Bulldogs were awful. The Warriors played the worst game of football I've seen anyone play this year. The Sharks played well. Um, Latrell lost that game and he scored 52 and that was in Golden Point playing 87 minutes. You know, the one game that does stand out as him doing really well was when they tore up the Melbourne Storm and he scored 99 points. You know, but yeah, largely it's been beating up on teams that are underperforming. Um, I just think that Penrith can limit South's points. So I don't like the matchup as much. But, you know, it, I wouldn't say yeah, 100% I'm against it. I, I just, I, I personally am going to be captaining and vice captaining elsewhere. When we're having a look on top sport bet of the week for this one, $1.66 for the Souths. Uh, I'm going to take that. I reckon they'll win. Um, I'm not going to say that they're going to flog the Panthers, though, at all. Cows and Warriors. Interesting game. Really looking forward to it. One of the big things with this game, Billy, is that it is in Townsville, and I, I think that's going to make a huge difference for the Cows. Kyle Felt's coming back, so the Hammer's back on the bench. Uh, other than that, you know, the Warriors are actually no changes to their 17. Uh, they thumped the Bulldogs last week in a, a much impressive effort. This one's not going to be at home in New Zealand, though. It's going to be in Townsville against the Cowboys. So I think it will be a different game. Jason Tomololo is the fifth most traded out player at the moment. Um, and I sort of saw that, Billy, and thought that's that's interesting because, you know, I, I kind of feel like, you know, I've had Tomololo all year. I started with him. Um, I particularly liked it when he was front row forward eligible because I threw him straight in there. Um, but I do know, you know, last week I was a bit disappointed, but the Roosters didn't really give the Cowboys much and they kind of, they, they played for the Cowboys really well. Um, but the last two weeks, he's, he's only got 45 and 55. Against the Warriors this week, though, you know, I kind of think that he's going to do well. He still hasn't scored a try yet. It's going to be a remarkable stat if Tom Malolo goes through this whole year and only misses round 12 and then the buy round and doesn't score a try for the year. I talk about this every year. Every year, mate, this is the time for the forwards to any time try score. There's your top sport bet for the next three weeks. And especially, like, this is at home versus the Warriors. Yeah. Like, I, I love Tom Malolo to score a try this week. I just absolutely love him to score. You know, it's, if you have to trade him and you've got, like, a 23-man squad of great players and it makes sense, you know, there's always going to be times where trades make sense. For the most part, though, I think that some of these trades won't make sense and you should probably trade someone else. Uh, I just, I really like him this week. I can't wait to play Lolo. Yeah, I wasn't as keen. Um, then I saw the matchup and then I just re- just realised he hasn't scored a try this year when you just mentioned that. So that makes it a bit more appetising as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad I actually earned drink water for this week. <laughs> so, so that's what, one less fear factor. Um, I'll tell you what. The, the amount, the amount of hit-ups that Connor was taking last week, and the minutes, the minutes that he was playing, I was too scared to look at his score. 
Um, it wasn't that wasn't that massive, but I'll tell you what, his work rate right up there. He's a he's a fourth most traded in player, you know. So I mean, he scored seventy one last week with a sixty one raw base in fifty seven minutes. But yeah, it's it, I think a lot of people are actually going Tom Lolo to him, which I'm not sure I would be doing either. Holmes, three quarter, Robson. They're uh, even even the um even even um, they're, they're number six, mate. It could any one of those players could look. Any one of those players, or anyone, any one of the Roosters versus the Tigers this, this week, could really blow, blow out a uh, blow out a score and hurt you if you don't own the right one. Yeah, and there is a few big attacking weapons there that that can go larger. Holmes has only got thirty six and thirty seven points the last two weeks, uh, but this week at home, yeah, but he's at home. Yeah, look, I, I like him this week. I like him a lot. So he's he's actually in the top ten most trading players. I think that's a really good play. Um, I, I want Cowboys and Roosters this week. Those are the two teams that I'd really want. Holmes is obviously a big one. Um, you mentioned Robson. He just deserves a bit of credit. I don't think anyone's going to trade him in. But, I mean, if you're one of those teams that is covered everywhere and just needs a second hooker because you've only got, like, one, you know, Robson scored 91 points with a try on the weekend. Um, he's got a three-round average of 70 and a five-round average of 66. He's outperforming Harry Grant at the moment. Um, so he's right up there with the top hookers. And he's playing against the Warriors at home. If you want to use your last trade and there isn't, and your your halves are full and your fullbacks full, I wouldn't talk anyone out of Reese Robson because he has been you know absolutely phenomenal this year. But let's focus on drink water that you brought up, Billy. Uh, I actually said to someone on Twitter just before we came on, they could trade in any halfback in any five eight this week, and obviously they've already had some players like Munster and Hines and Sam Walker. They already had. And I actually said, you know, well, my pick would be Drinkwater. Um, Drinkwater at home versus the Warriors. He scored 94 in round five against them. And he's someone who's now got uh, five tons for the year, plus a couple of scores in the 90s as well. He could he could easily go for a double try um, like he did against the Dragons and the Bulldogs two and three weeks ago where he went 106 and 100 points and have another 100 pointer. In fact, I'd be really surprised if he doesn't have 100 points. And I think he's being really undervalued. He's only in about 13% of teams at the moment. Um, and at 624000 he's quite affordable. So I love him as a point of difference for this round as well, for teams that are wanting to win head-to-heads, but also for someone who, who teams might want to catch up for. And at the moment, he's actually my front-runner uh, as my vice-captain. Really? I would have picked him for VC. Um, got four tons, but not big ones. You obviously don't own Burbo because otherwise, basically... Basically stops you from doing any sort of looping this week or anything. Well, I do. So thanks for bringing that up, mate. I appreciate it. Thanks for making me tell everyone I still own Burbo. I still got to put the VC down just to pretend that I'm playing the VC. Right? <laughs> oh, <mate. laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, I bought him um, four weeks ago. Was absolutely devastated with his 36 first at the Tigers. Then had to tell myself, what you bought him for an average, not just for one game. This is an anomaly. And then he threw up a couple of times, which is good. Back to back to Earth with a forty-eight. So he, he's one of those guys that's, that's you no. Know, he's going to give you those. He's going to give you those low scores. But these are the sorts of the games that you buy the likes like that for. Like you, you look, you look at their price. You look at their run. Yeah, yeah, he's got yeah, yeah he's got the um, Souths and um, Panthers. The two games after that, but you can pick and choose where they're playing. But these are the weeks that you buy, that you, that you buy them for. So do you buy him? I probably wouldn't buy him purely because of the the next three, three rounds for overall, but 
if you if you needed a uh, a key player just to, to get this through this week to get you in a head to head final, he's one of the key ones. I love him as a buy this week. Absolutely love him. And I'll just point out that um, one of the reasons that I'm VCing him is it, obviously the Warriors opposition is good and they're at home in Townsville, but no one's going to VC drink water really. And, and those are the type of moves that you need to be making if you're going to make up ground overall. Um, and, and even if you're going to win some head-to-heads that you might maybe the underdog for, like you've got to go for the guys that, that aren't being captain and aren't being vice-captain, but have the ability to ton. And Drinkwater does. And Latrell Mitchell, I know he's a much better player than Drinkwater, but the Warriors conceded 156 points to Latrell in 62 minutes two weeks ago. The Warriors can give it up to those fullbacks and to ball-playing fullbacks like Drinkwater and runners, he could go for a career-high supercoach score potentially if the Warriors just pack it in and don't turn up in Townsville. Yeah, the only thing you need to be careful of, and I don't think anyone will be just silly anyway, but... Um, if you if Drinkwater is at fullback with Teddy, make make sure you don't have Drinkwater the PC. The last thing you want to do is um, have Teddy stuff or stuff in the bench and you can't captain him when when he's playing the Tigers late, later in the round. So do very not do important. it. <laughs> cost cost you that that one, mate. So that is a very important point. But certainly, um, I'm very excited for Holmes, Drinkwater, Robson, uh, and Tal Malolo. I like having all those guys um, in my side. I like them for the Warriors this week. Yep. Very much. Uh, when we're looking at top sport bet of the week, no surprise that we've got not much money available for the Cowboys. Now into a dollar nine, they're minus nineteen and a half points at a dollar ninety um, at Country Bank Stadium. I actually quite like that bet. I think they're going to win by twenty plus, and a dollar ninety is pretty good money for them. Broncos and Storm. Not much to talk about in this one, I have to say. Um, when we're looking at the changes for both of these sides, um, the Broncos have the same 17, but they've got Ryan James moving in the bench and Heatherington starting. The Storm, uh, they've actually got Jerome Hughes back, so that's going to help super coaches immensely that might have been in a tough spot deciding if they're going to trade or not, and they might have waited a week. It was a good wait because this should be a really good matchup for them. Uh, but aside from that, that's about it for team news. And in this game, Billy, we don't have a lot to talk about, so we're going to breeze through it. Mam's the 10th most traded out player. I think that makes sense. Um, I will just say, though, even though I would trade Mam out, it wouldn't surprise me if he does do well if Brisbane fire. I don't like how Brisbane have looked the last three or four weeks particularly, but Mam is going up against the edges and the backs of a storm side that have been giving up quite a few points. So you know, I trade him but there is a small chance I wouldn't be surprised if he does do well. Munster's obviously the big trading target, though, and a lot of people are jumping on. So let's just go straight to Munster. Obviously, he's a great trading target, but do, do you VC or C Munster? Now, I, I don't think that you can possibly see him, but it's a bit of an awkward spot, isn't it? Because obviously that Roosters game that we're going to talk about soon is the prime matchup against the Tigers. It looks really good. Um, and we also do have, you know, a lot of the time Cam Munster hasn't gone that big before for the VCs, but we do have a game two weeks ago against the Titans where he went 147 points. Now, that included a fair bit of goal kicking in it, but nonetheless, he's still got another game against the Dragons with no goal kicking where it went 130 points with one try. So he has shown this year a couple of bigger scores than what we saw from him last year. Is that enough to look at him as a VC option against the Broncos at Suncorp Stadium? I wouldn't. I don't like Cam Munster as a VC option ever. Um, 
the the only reason why he was a straight out and see um, two weeks ago is because he was playing fullback, mate. As soon as he goes to fullback, he's going to be the highest scoring person in the competition. It's a no-brainer. Um, but he's not. No, nobody knew he was going to play fullback a couple of weeks ago. And then he also got the goal kicking last minute too. So you take the goal kicking the fullback off him, he's back to that sort of 70 average in, in, in at 5'8", mate. He's always going to be absolute classic of a player there. But very, very, very unlikely to go big enough to, to lose the six. I don't like him as, a, as an option at all for the BC. In saying that, if for some reason he's switching to fullback, you're straight up, you're straight up captain every single day of the week without fail. Yeah, I don't think you'll be doing that with the team that they've named. They've got Meany back now. Uh, on the sit and start before we move on from this game, interesting conundrum for Broncos fans. Um, Corey Oates and Selwyn Cobbo both scored really well last week. Uh, Cobbo himself actually got a, a hat trick and managed to throw in a score of 119 points, which is a lot better than his 18 points in 80 minutes against the Roosters a week before. Uh, but that's probably a tale of why it's such a hard sit start with some of these Broncos backs. Tony Staggs is another one. You know, Cobbo went 18 and won 19. What does he do at home versus the Storm? What do the Broncos do against the Storm? So how would you treat these outside backs for the Broncos? Because Oates, Cobbo... And Stags on their day can um, can rip up a backline that's not defending well, and the Storm have shown that sometimes. But the Storm uh, are getting towards as much full strength as what they can be, uh, and the Broncos haven't been looking great. So the Storm, I think, definitely could do a number on the Broncos as well. So sit start, especially for those centre wings, Billy. Where are you at? Well, I don't really like them. I mean, Stag doesn't get enough ball to be uh, um, damaging enough consistently. Um when he does to get the ball, obviously, everyone knows he doesn't pass. He'll go for an eight-minute hit-up, two, three tackle bus, maybe gets over the line for a line-break try. He looks he looks really dangerous, but it doesn't equate to massive scores on, on the um, on the board enough. You throw in the fact that it's a storm. I can't see a big one. Um, Cobo, obviously, very, very, very much uh, struggles to get get the ball with that bloke, with that bloke inside him. Um, in saying that, he can have an absolutely an absolute bull tear of a game when he when he when he goes in those runs and get get gets a couple gets a couple line break tries and um, goes on those tackle busting tackle busting tears. But they also relies on you know sort of the bloke inside him maybe actually giving him one, which is very rare. Or Reynolds having an absolute pearl of pearl of a game and throwing him early ball and, and cutting out. So the there's the risk factor with the bloke on the edge. There's the there's the there's the low work rate, but um, the the upside of the hog just inside him. And if you go to the left, Oates is basically in the same boat as uh, AJ, mate. All three had their upsides, but enough of an upside to, to to warrant getting him or playing them. I don't really like them. Yeah, it's going to be a real hard sit start for a couple of them, particularly Cobbo coming off that last week. Um, it's going to be a hard decision. I'm not sure what way I'd go. I'd base it on my head-to-head decision. And if it wasn't head-to-head and it was overall, I'd base it on uh, how much upside I need and who my other guys are. I think a lot of centre wings have better options to play. If you've got six or seven, you've got better options to play than the Broncos guys. Um, if you don't, then maybe you'll need to play them and, and hope for the best. And it, it could come off, especially with the try scorers like Cobbo, who might still get a double and, and score some okay points against the Storm. Uh, when we're talking about the top sport bit of the week on this one, I've got to say, I think the Storm are giving up, uh, are giving more money than what I uh, thought. They're a dollar fifty-two at the moment, minus four and a half at a dollar eighty-five. Uh, I actually quite like the dollar eighty-five for minus four and a half. Uh, it could be a close one, but I think that the Storm will win and, and come back to a bit of form. Parrot and the Bulldogs, tough one. 
two teams that got absolutely flogged last week, Billy. Your boys really were really terrible in a game that I thought was going to be a really good game for South Sydney. You didn't have me on your show last week. <laughs> I could have told you that was going to happen. Mate, we, it's only the top two teams we go well against. Um, yeah, it was disappointing, mate. Um, Gunner as a fan, you know, they... I made the ups and downs of being a Neil supporter. All, 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 the, all those memes and gifts came out of the cover again on Monday. So I don't, I don't think there's one out there I haven't copped again. But um, can we pick it up? I'd like, I'd like to hope so, mate. Um, the finals are coming up. We're only two points out of being out of the eight, eight now. Well, surely we've got enough juice to get over the line. But the last thing you want to do is go into the finals on, on the back foot, no, no momentum, being in the, the fifth to eighth spot. So. Um, as for super coach, like you really, really only want to hope sort of Papali fires. I don't think anyone really owns sort of Madison. Lane's been absolutely killing it. I've got no, I've got no. I, I, if I was an owner of uh, Lane, I wouldn't be too concerned about him, mate. The, the big dose old bloke just seems to be getting a bit of early ball, breaking a few tackles and doing the job. But um, I think the big question with this game is whether or not the Browns going to do any good for it. For an owner, so yeah, you have, you have to play him. But well, it's really hard because the I have to say, round fourteen, right? They played the Bulldogs and they got flogged by thirty points. Like it was an absolutely awful game, and the Bulldogs weren't playing as well then as what they have been now up until their flogging last week against the Warriors. So it's it's not good that they got beaten that badly in round fourteen. Um, I will say. I had about eight multis with that as my last leg and was going to collect a bazillion dollars for next to no outlay. And I thought I was home and hosing at the pub. I was already buying rounds. So that kicked off and absolutely killed me. So I'm loathing even seeing this matchup again because it's still too soon from a few months ago. But they do have Moses back. And I think that that will help the Eels um, quite significantly. Um, So because of that, I would be playing all my Eels. Uh, I'm pretty confident with that. So... The, the pod guy is obviously going to be Sebo for me that I'm definitely playing in the back line. And I would play the other Eels as well. Sebo tends to be the, the smallest owned one. Um, he, he disappointed last week with a 36. But before that, he went five rounds of 74, 77, 69, 67 and 79. That's what I expect from Sebo this week. He scored three doubles and, and two singles in that five-game run. Uh, and I, I'd be surprised if he doesn't get at least a single and he's at least 60-plus for that. Um, but a double wouldn't surprise me either. I reckon at home with Moses back, they've got to bounce back from last week. And generally that's a thing, right? Like Matty Johns actually said this week that one of the good things with the – well, not one of the good things, but one of the things with the Eels is that they're consistently inconsistent. They play like dog shit one week and then like they're a world beater the next week. And, and that might happen. You know, they, they did their dog shit last week. So this week, I reckon that they're going to fire against the dogs. Uh, it's the dogs, though. <laughs> hey, hey, they lost by thirty to them, right? So this is going to be. It is just good tongue and cheek, mate. They're they're a really football team, but consistently inconsistent. I think you hit the nail on the head there, or Maddie did anyway. It makes it frustrating to watch. Um, super coach wise, I don't think anyone could beat the volatile score this week. If you, if you don't own sort of Moses or Dylan Brown, Sivo's probably the one to do it. Um, I think the sort of guys like Papa Lee really need a bit more of a higher work rate in order to add one line back try on top of it. I will say with Papa Lee, though, I was sort of mildly intrigued 
with him as a captain if we didn't have such good um, captains after this game. Like, I think that if there wasn't such good uh, matchups like the Tigers-Roosters, for example, I would actually be tempted to captain him because against weak edges this year, he's scored a lot of tries and actually done really well. Like, if if I think about the teams that have got weak edges, you know, Gold Coast, 80 points, no try. Tigers, 85 points with a try. Newcastle have a really weak edge, 123 with two tries. Um, and then he also had uh, another good score of 90 with a try versus the Tigers edge, or 85 versus the Warriors edge. You know, the weak edges, he tends to hit and he tends to get the clutch attack stats from. Yeah, look, but he can play absolutely out of his skin or have an absolutely cracking game versus weak, 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 weaker edges of the cop, like you said. And he'll score sort of 85-90. Um, Latrell's basically doing that without any any clutch at all. Like, he's 90, 90, 90, 100, 100, 100. So, I think it's too much of a risk to say you want to put a, a C on Papali just because you think he's going to go well on the edge. But I'd, I'd much prefer to put the C on Latrell and hope, he, and hope, he, hope he has a bad game and only scores 90. Yeah, if it was a different week, I'd actually be really looking hard at doing it. Um, just because of all the other matchups this week and the options, uh, I, I couldn't. Karaz, to talk about the Bulldogs a little bit, Karaz is actually the most traded out player this week, which, uh, yeah, I, I get it. Um, but, geez, if the Eels from last week turn up, <laughs> it could be the 144 points for three weeks ago we didn't expect with Karaz. Um, I just want to throw that out there. But, yeah, look, it, it does make sense. I will just say that Karaz also scored 98 points last time he played the Eels, and that was just with one try. Um, and that was in that game where the Bulldogs hit him hard and won by 30-plus. So, yeah, I get selling him. Um, I'm just, oh, I just saw that and was quite wary of the stats and everything. Top sport better of the week on this one. Uh, I, I've already backed your eels to win, mate. And minus nine and a half line, dollar ninety. I'm going to take it. Um, but I also quite like the try-scoring markets for this one. I've already mentioned my boy CEO has been scoring massively uh, a heap of tries until this past week. So I reckon that means he's going to get back on board. He's playing a dollar sixty-two at the moment to score any time, and that might be safer than uh, than taking the line versus the dogs. So, quite like it. Manly and Cronulla is the next game. Uh, this one we've got a few changes, notably for Manly. Travoyevich is out, and that is Jake Travoyevich now. So we've got the two Travoyevich brothers out with only Burbo left, and he's on the bench. Um, that's quite a big change. It's going to see Dylan Walker starting at thirteen, which would be interesting. Saab is out for the season with an ACL injury. So Kohler moves to the wing. Uh, Morgan Harper's returning. So a little bit there um, with the Sharks. Matt Moylan's going to return, which isn't heat super coach relevant as far as owning him, but it's relevant because it really helps the Sharks because I think they look really good with him there. Uh, Tracy is returning as well. Um, so this is going to be uh, played at four pines. So that's going to help Manly, um, but Manly... Obviously, looked terrible last week. Um, I have to say, you know, I'm happy to admit my errors and things. I thought that um, I thought that DCE had a chance of getting a really big score last week. Um, I ended up trading in Sam Walker myself. I was choosing between the two, and I'm so happy that I didn't go DCE because I'm really worried about the Manly season now. He only scored 28 points last week. It was a season low, and he's now gone 31, 46, 32, and 28, four weeks in a row. And that was against a couple of poor oppositions as well. Uh, against the Sharks this week, even at home, 
it looks pretty bad. Um, but you know, what do you make of Manly? And notably, you know, if you own if you own guys like TCE, uh, you'd be feeling pretty crappy this week. And we did get that wrong last week on the podcast. I did think that he had a big ceiling and he could have gone well against the Titans, but did not at all, Billy. Last time I was on a podcast, I think three weeks, three weeks ago, I said he was a bastard. I think he was one of the worst buyers to finish the year because his away, away from home record is abysmal. I honestly think, like, Walker at 13, I'm not sold on. Um, I'm just trying to think how they how they get Ben Traboy. I was, I was just wondering if maybe sort of Davey, Davey ended up going to sort of lock and Ben Traboy, which goes into left edge, but I can't see that. I think Davey, Davey's not a lock. So, and just does Dylan Walker come out? Maybe Schuster go Schuster or or um, Blumore go to thirteen to start with. I don't I don't understand why Walker just seems like an anomaly in that pack. Well, he does come on and play thirteen, um, so he has been sort of used to it. Um, I I think it opens up a, a broader question though of um, how worried I think people should be about Manly. Like, obviously, a lot of people own Ola Kawatu. Um, he's he's a prime example. He hasn't playing. Hasn't been playing 80 minutes consistently for like six weeks. His his minutes could definitely not be 80 minutes now and could, in fact, be even lower. Like, I'd be pretty worried with all the Manly players because their season's well and truly over. So certainly giving guys like Schuster minutes, um, certainly giving Burbo a few more minutes and stuff, I I could easily see those type of switches happening. Um, Like someone like Walker that you mentioned, maybe he keeps starting, but... Um, he's he's someone leaving after this year as well. He's going across to the Warriors. Yeah. So this is a three-week period where Manly's out of the hunt, and that's what you want to avoid with your super coaches. And they're playing Sharks, who you know are a good defensive team and a, and a good team in their own right. So I'd be worried about any of the forwards, in, including Olaquatu this week. I think you've got to play them, but it's something to kind of be aware of. And I would not buy like Manly. I would cross off my list of purchases. DCE is um, the sixth most sold player at the moment. Um, Garrick is the sixth most traded in player at the moment. So I actually wouldn't trade any Manly players in, um, but Garrick might be the one that needs to be the exception. He's obviously been going well despite how Manly have been going. But he but Billy, I say that, but he's also someone who, you know, he's he's also someone who is in like a huge amount of teams in Supercoach. So if you're getting a Ruben Garrick in to try and catch up. It's not going to work. In fact, the pod move might be with someone that's 30% owned like Garrick is to actually just say, you know what, Manly being that bad, he's not going to ton up and he's not going to do it this week against the Sharks. Maybe I'll just avoid him and just forget about him. Yeah, well, the thing is, he, I think you'll find people aren't buying him because I think he's going to ton up. People are buying him because he's goal kicking, even playing decent teams. He's having a couple of, uh, he's having a try here and there. He's having a couple of line break tries this year and there. So people are trying to avoid losing their head to head by not having the guy that's possibly going to score between 65 and 95. So I think that, I think you're fine. That's the reason why people are buying him, not because they want to get a leg up overall. It's just trying not to lose. Um, so agree with you there. He's probably the one, the one that people want to buy. Um, I think Olakowatu's minutes going down probably actually works really well for you, actually, because there might be a slight chance that uh, Dodo gets a few more minutes than you can use your BC Tiger. Yeah, well, that would be nice. He did play 80 minutes last week, Olakowatu, but the week before 66, the week before 80, the week before 70, the week before 63. It just seems to be a bit of a roller coaster. Um, and I I tend to think that he's not going to be playing 80 minutes for the next three weeks. Um, so, And he's also just scored 48 and 45. Um, I mean, it's an interesting sit-start, Billy, because I, if you own Garrett, you're going to start him, okay? But if you own these other Manly players, 
like DCE and Olakawatu in particular, are highly owned um, and also, well, not highly, highly owned, but they've been highly traded in for the last four or five weeks, especially. And both of them are, are pretty expensive players that have played well for parts of this season up until the last month. Can you, would you bench those guys against the Sharks and just play a lesser known player? I wouldn't be benching someone like Olakawatu, mate. If, if you look at him last week, he went very, very close. I think I think there were twi- twice he actually went over the line or, or just short of it and knocked the ball on. So a bloke like that only easy at one of those over the line and you know, all, all of a sudden that 50, 50 is sort becomes an 80. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be concerned about playing him. I'd, I'd be more concerned about about sort of not owning him and, and seeing him go, uh, go back to what he's been doing um, so well throughout throughout the entire season, mate. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit there because I don't own him and I'm not concerned about him in the slightest. In fact, I'm absolutely cheering that I don't own him because you know, three round average of 41, five round of 57. He's it, I used two months ago. There was so much fear factor not owning him, and I've got no fear factor anymore. I, I just I think merely look that bad that I'm not worried about it. But if I owned him, you know, I, it, it is a pretty hard pill to say I'm going to sit him. I probably wouldn't. But if you got a really strong forward pack, um, you know, it, it would be a consideration. Like I'd play, you know, Lane, um, Murray. Uh, I definitely play those sort of guys over him. Angus Crichton this week against the Tigers Edge, get to play them over him. I play for feeder over him. Um, you know, it it probably depends on a lot of team builds. You know, if he's one of four or five strong forwards, uh, I think there is some merit in considering sitting him with how Manly's going and, and how the Sharks' defence is. Yeah, well, yeah, I see what you're saying, mate. Um, yeah, probably haven't got too much more to add apart from. Look, yeah. Apart from it's a tough time of year and it's really hard to decide whether you're going to see the Yeah, let's move on to the next team. I've got nothing else to add apart from I was right about Dichi, so suck shit out of Vice captaincy, captaincy. Uh, Hines came through with a 90 last week. I think we all expected a little bit more, including me. Um, 90 points was a really good update, though. He's only on 70 and went up to 90. Ended up being a pretty good captaincy for last week, considering everything. Uh, yeah, right at this week. It is away at four points, so I think that probably rules it out. But Manly just looks so bad, Billy. You know, everyone's all over this next game with the Tigers. Maybe the sneaky option is to go for the guy that, even when he's playing poorly, he keeps scoring well anyway. You know, nine, Hines has still gone 90 and 112 the last two weeks. Manly just looked shot to me. So I, I don't think it's a terrible idea. He scored 97 against Manly when they looked a bit better in round seven. Um, I could definitely see him replicating that. So yeah, maybe a, a VC option might be safer if you've got a um, obviously a bit of skin in that Roosters game next as a C and your VC Hines just in case. Because um, if Manly looked like they did last week against the Titans and the Sharks play well, I could see the Sharks putting on a pretty good score against them. Oh, mate, even if I didn't own Burbo and um, my AE was going to be, what, 40, 45 odd, Heinz could score 150 and I still wouldn't leave him with, not with Teddy this week. There you go. Heard dear first, ladies and gentlemen, 150, still not going to loop Heinz. Um, I'm I'm scared to not agree with you. Um, top swap better of the week. Mate, mate Talaka, I scored 165 earlier this year. I didn't loop that and it still worked out better. This is Teddy. Uh, you got to mention Talakai too. He's one of the most sold players. I can't defend my boy anymore, Talakai. He's just been disappointing and he's out for a great matchup this week. So sell away. Minus 11.5 points. 
I'm going to take that at $1.85 and I'm going to play all my Sharkies backs. So if I own Ramian, if I own Mulatalo, um, I'm, I'm playing all those center wings because I think that the Sharkies are going to put on points against Seagulls with how they've looked the last month. Roosters and the West Tigers. The Roosters have come into a dollar five, which is very short odds, Billy. Um, no one's been traded out from these teams, but certainly um, Suwali and Manu are the two that are top ten most traded in. Uh, it's it's just it looks like you want to own a lot of Roosters for this one. Obviously, Manu didn't go that well last week. Um, it's probably a case of. Who do you think the better trading is for the next three weeks? Uh, Manu's only gone 52 and 48 the last two. Uh, but now he's obviously got the Tigers and then away for Melbourne and then home again for Souths. Uh, we've seen the type of scores that he can throw out the last two weeks if he's at centre. Uh, but certainly against the Tigers, he's going to be a huge play and definitely a, a bit of a pod v, uh, C option as well. Um, but someone like Suali, you know, when you're having a look at this Tigers matchup, you know, he scored a double in round 19 versus the Knights, and that was 116 points. Um, and he just, he's been looking really good lately. Five round average of 67, looking solid, solid as a bank. And it's just one of those things where against the Tigers, he looks like someone who could score a Hattie. Um, whereas someone like Manu, you know, you kind of need him to to get a lot of high base and a lot of high runs and stuff that maybe he's not going to get the possessions of against the Tigers. You know, I, I like them both a lot, but if you had to pick one of the two, Suwali or Manu, who are you going to pick out of the two for this week for the best score? Manu, 100%. Suwali can score a try and get sort of 50 to 75, needs two to get over, get over 100. Manu's got 48 to 52 in a game when games where he was very sort of quiet the last couple of weeks. Now he's... um. Back at home versus the Tigers. I'd like to actually go through, back through all these stats very quickly and try and how many how many games has he actually gone without scoring a try, or getting a try assist? Like surely there wouldn't be more than two. Yeah, it's a good point. He hasn't gone three in a row this year without a clutch attack stat. Um, so you know he he's gonna. I mean, I think against the Tigers, he's gonna get a clutch attack stat. So I mean, I think that Manu should be guaranteed or a seventy plus at a minimum. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the, ever since he started, ever since he played those um, two games at um, fullback and fullback two, covering for Origin and sort of um, um, an injury, he's now running the left side of the field as well. So he's not just a danger on the right; he's, he's a danger on the left as well. No, no matter where they are, mate, like he's taking hit ups on the right, hit ups on the left, sweeping left, sweeping right, hogging right, and if, if God forbid there's an injury to Kiri, he goes into five eight. I fear. I fear not only not earning him bad enough down, but let alone him actually going to cover for for twenty minutes at fullback or five eight. Well, half my team this week are Roosters and Cowboys, so I hope that the draw is right. Yeah. But look, my my pot of the week um, for this one, it's it's Sammy Walker. I, I'd liked as a replacement for clear for Cleary a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the last three weeks. He's been solid without getting the clutch attack stats too much. So 54, 59, 59 um, doesn't have a huge amount of clutch attack in there. Really solid. Um, obviously, when he can go bigger, you get like the round 18 score of 138 versus the Dragons as a bit of a ceiling. Against the Tigers this week, geez, I like him. He's under 600,000. Uh, I'm so glad I brought him last week instead of DCE because I kind of had an eye towards this week as well. Um, and the SCG... They're at as well again this week. Hopefully it's sunny weather like last week. But I think he's a really good pod buy, Billy. He's only in 7% of teams. Um, I would be buying him 
over a lot more fancied um, options. In fact, I, I think he's the best halfback option to buy. And I also think he's probably the best halfback or 5'8 option to buy at the moment. Um, I, I love him for this week. I can't see him not getting close to a ton. Um, yeah, mate, agree with you. Um, I've, I've owned Walker so many times over the last sort of couple of years, and he, he'll produce a massive score, and then he goes real quiet and do nothing. Has the ball tear a second half or first half only, and then goes quiet again. Um, I hope he goes well for you, but he's one of those guys that's really sort of doesn't have a high work rate, just has some really great moves every now and then, and kind of scoots him. Scoots him along the um, the, the FC points board really quickly. He needs to stop. He's sort of a stop start, but sort of uh, does in, in burst of uh, decent decent point chunks, mate. And his goal kicking should just get him there anyway this week. That's um, if he didn't have his uh, yeah, goal yeah, kicking, yeah. he'd be in a lot of there. trouble. But kind yeah. of like the, the, the troll a couple of weeks ago. Um, um, no, no runs, no, no attack, no, no, no tackle bars, basically, the first 20 minutes, but kick six goals. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, 30, 36 after 20 minutes and no runs. <laughs> that is obviously the, the other big one to finish on with this game. Uh, he only scored 47 last week, and it was his yeah. 200th game, only 24 in base. It was a little bit disappointing from Teddy. Um, it just wasn't target, wasn't target, but mate, yeah. Oh, but they won well, though. But yeah, I agree. Like, I, I expect a lot more from him this week. But I guess what it opens it up to, um, is you know, obviously the crowd's going to go with the C Tedesco and, and with good reason. Like, he will probably be the most captain player this week, he'll probably be 25% plus captain, and it's it's for good reason. You know, he does obviously have a huge ceiling 152 versus Newcastle round 19. Uh, 144 versus the Sharks, who are a good defensive team. They're his two best scores. But does it mean that if you're trying to chase Billy, uh, that you do a bit of a zag and go for a, a Joey Manu as your captain? Or even, heaven forbid, you go for a full Sam Walker, Hail Mary, and hope that he can throw 138 like he did a few weeks ago in? You know, Do you think there's a possibility of this game that there might be some other top scorers instead of Teddy that you can try and hit on? Yeah, you, you probably really have to go... Uh, a different option in that team. I don't. I don't think it's really viable to do the VCT. And if it, if 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 he goes big, then stay with a crowd because if he, if he doesn't go big and you do need to select a captain, there's not really many options from Titans. What is it? Titans, Knight, Knights, Dragons, and um, Raiders to finish off. So if he doesn't go well, you you kind of up the creek for another captain unless you want to do like a David David feeder sort. So. Um, I think you, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to beat the Teddy captors, you and you, you really want some points. You basically got to, got to have to take a punt on a pod, mate. And it's either going to be one or two players, really. It's it's going to be a Manu or it's going to be a Walker. I can't really see anyone else beat going anywhere near, anywhere close to the to the to, to the time with sort of relative confidence. I will throw a theory out there. Okay, and I don't want to talk people out of the Teddy because I think probably what the safe option is and what I'm going to do yeah. is that I'm going to try and hit on a pod VC and then if I don't hit on that, I'll go with the crowd with Teddy. But I will throw something out there. Um, if the Roosters play how they should, they'll be up by a lot of points. And if they're up by a lot of points, I could very easily see a Kiri coming from the field uh, in the 60th odd minute um, or a Teddy coming from the field even. And if that happens, either one of those guys going for an early shower is going to mean that Joey Manu will either go into six or one. And he could just need 15 minutes to 
obliterate the Tigers um, with a heap of clutch attack stats in that in that time, especially at the end of a game when the Tigers are already done and dusted too. So that is another possible tick for Joey Manu. Um, if if you think that's going to happen, uh, Manu could really benefit that last 15 odd minutes of play. I think they're more likely to rest Teddy than um, than um, Kiri, mate. Well, Kiri's got the head knocks and stuff and, and the fitness, you know, maybe they want to uh, run him more than But yeah. either way, like, either one of them, yeah. Yeah. If he's good enough to play, mate, he's good enough to play. Um, that's, that sounded like a blocker comment, didn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> if he can play, he can play. Yeah. Next 15 minutes, we'll determine who, who wins this game. Well done. Uh, um, look, the top sort yeah. bet, mate. Minus 22 and a half line. Would you even go near that for the Roosters? I mean, they should do it, but it's a yeah, lot of points. Nah. Yeah, nah. No, nah, I'd, I'd just sit back and watch it, mate. Um, if, if, if anything, I'd, uh, for me, I'd just be having any time try score on Dewey. I'm, I'm still backing him to, to finish finish strong. Daniel Tupé, $1.55, any time try. Giddy up. Let's just go for that one. Um, but you could probably go for a few any time tries on this one, and there's some good odds. Still got $1.75 for Teddy any time. Um, that's pretty nice. If you like the outsiders, Angus Crichton against that Tiger's Edge, he's been looking a lot more damaging in his $3.25. So love me playing in Angus Crichton this week as well. And he's probably one of the other um, real strike forwards that you could get if you don't have for this week. Dragons and Gold Coast. Now, I don't want to disrespect either teams, but both teams are basically out of, out of the eight. Um, having said that, there is one guy that I'll talk about in this one. David Fafita scored that try last week. Reminded everyone why he's David Fafita. I was cheering Billy. That won me at least two head-to-heads that I needed to win. Um, I didn't quite get there in a couple others, but that's all right. 85 points. Um, had a great line break and try. Had five offloads as well. So his base attack was really back. 85 points. Um, he looked better than 85 points as well. And that was against Manly. Um, his next three games, David Fafita. Dragons this week then Newcastle at home, and then the Warriors away. That's playing three pretty prime edges, and none of those teams are going to be playing finals footy either. So just quietly, you know, David Fafita has still averaged a five-round average of 67 and a three-round average of 64. Uh, If you already own Cam Murray and you do have a forward slot that you want to put someone in for, uh, certainly David Fafita, I think that is a really good play for this game and a really good buy for this week and for the last three rounds of the season. Yeah, certainly looking a lot more dangerous. Um, I was really excited about his uh, his game his game on Sunday. I uh, I was my hands were shaking after the game. I thought I won the uh, the, the the two grand of the fantasy comps I had him. I had uh, um, what's his name the the, the left edgy who went over two tries had Brimson. Had uh had uh Preston Campbell's son in there. I'd say his first name if I can remember it, mate. I honestly thought I won. The, <laughs> I, I honestly thought I won the two grand, and then I went and had a look, and I, and I pressed the refresh. I wasn't even in the top three hundred. Like what the hell? I went and had a look. Oh, I forgot. I traded Brimson out because <laughs> I couldn't afford him. <laughs> so, yeah, demoralising. But anyway. Back back to the story, yeah, mate. Fafita's killing it at, at, at the moment. Did you did you see his? Oh, he, he just he just did. He's uh that uh three quarter length of the field try. That was absolutely brilliant. Uh it was so good to see. I, I really think that um not many teams are going to have the trades to get him or the the testicle fortitude to go for it either with how he's played um in spits and spurts. But in saying that. 
if you can. Oh, I like. I think that behind Cam Murray, he's the best buy right now. And I could see him outscoring Cam Murray the, the next three weeks. I, I could definitely see it. The Dragons are, are good to give up some edge points. Angus Crichton had 74 without a try against him, um, and some other edge forwards have gone well. So I, I really like Fafita for this week, obviously. And I would say if you're chasing in your head-to-heads, um, he's really late as a captaincy option. Uh, if you have to change it because, you know, the other guy's got Teddy and you, you don't have anyone left, there's going to be some guys dead in the water that have no options. David Fafito is one of the better um, or probably the best late-round options. Certainly on the Sunday, you can flick to him um, and, and try and get another game like last week. And he could easily go 100-plus with a similar type of, of showing. So that's the other reason I like him. Um, top sport better of the week. Oh, Gold Coast showed a little bit last week, $2.45. Outsiders, um, but I tell you what, I'm going to back my boy David Fafita on Top Sport to score any time. Three dollars, beautiful, straight in on that one. Last game of the round. Can I just say that the highlight for this one is Billy, the first time this year on Market Watch in the 2022 Supercoach season, we have a player in the top ten most traded out and in the top ten most traded in. Never happened before. Joe Tuppany, he's getting traded out quite a lot and he's getting traded in quite a lot. He's obviously been named, but it was out last week. Um, I think that some coaches are hesitant and they and they should be. Um, and the ones that are trading him in probably should consider some other options. Um, Tuppany's had a phenomenal season. Best season he's ever had with a 67 average. Um, and that includes a real slow start and 26 points injury affected in round 21. But one of the problems for this trade-in is that Tarpany plays the final game of the season. Um, now, the Raiders, I think, are still mathematically in the hunt um, if they keep winning every game because they won last week and other results go their way. But, you know, he's coming back from a rib injury. Um, he's been playing much bigger minutes the the last two months of the season than what he was before that. Um, and they're playing last two. So you would hate for him to get benched, which has actually happened multiple times to him before when he's come back from injury. At the last minute, Ricky Stewart benches him. Um, and the other thing that can happen as well is that he could even get replaced or something, and then you've got very few other options to play or to reverse your trade and update your trade to. So I would be very hesitant in trading him in this week. In fact, I don't think there's any way I would do it. Um, as far as selling him, uh, I think that it, there is some merit in it, especially if you've got some... Uh, I guess, jewels that could make him a Cam Murray, that could make him a David Fafita, that could make him an Angus Crichton. I think there's a lot of merit in that as well. So I'm not seeing the merit in the trade-ins for Tappany this week, but I am seeing the merit in the sells or, or potentially the holds if you can afford to. I can see why people are doing both. Um, obviously, the sell with the in- injury concern, guaranteeing points and uh, getting in someone like Murray or... Um, People not concerned and just trying to get him in to nullify. So, yeah, two ways to float the boat. Um, I certainly wouldn't be buying this week at all. Uh, but in saying that, um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be selling him if I had one trader left. Um, if if anything, I'd be holding onto that trade and maybe using it at the last minute if I, if I absolutely had to, or maybe. Maybe at least waiting for the last three, the last three games, and just seeing seeing how the scores are going. Like if you're getting absolutely um, smashed and and need an out or need need a pod, then you know go a game earlier and, and trade trade him to Fafita. It's something that I would be doing. 
Um, but if you don't need to with three, with, with three games out, you just, just sit him there and play. You either take the AE or if he only scores 45 points, so it, less of a concern. So I think that one comes more of a down to a, a strategy decision, but um, I would be waiting for the last three rounds um, if possible. Mm, yeah, I, I can see holding him and playing him. I just I can't get around buying him, guys. I think that you need to probably change tact for this week and get one of the other options. Um, but there isn't really much else to talk about in this one other than finishing on my boy Hudson Young. He scored four out of the last seven games now, scored last week as well with a 67, uh, and he's a pod buy for the second row forwards. Newcastle Edge. That's $4 too. Four bucks last week, loved it. But he's playing Newcastle Edge, and they've they've just sat, you know, not just Ponga out and not just Man out still, but they've just sat Best and Tuali for disciplinary reasons. They're in all sorts at the moment, Newcastle, and you would not expect a bounce back at all. So the Knights, Manly and the Tigers, the Raiders finish on. Very winnable three games and very good edges for Hudson Young to be running at, especially for someone who scored four out of the last seven games on an edge as an edge back rower. So 607K, um, I do think that there's better options just because of the round. I've named three in Murray, Fafida and Angus Crichton, um, but certainly for people that own those three as their starters, and if you want a fourth, Hudson Young is a massive pod. Uh, I like him to score again this week. Uh, but Billy, that probably gives away my hand that I think that the uh, the Raiders are going to win this week. And uh, as an outside chance at three dollars eighty, Hudson Young again, go for gold, go for the try. But that is the podcast, Billy. Thank you once again for jumping on. Always great to chat, Super Coach, with you, especially uh, after you've had a good couple of weeks, mate. Yeah, maybe someone can start taking my advice seriously now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's always fun. How many head to head finals are you? Oh, none, mate. I got absolutely smashed this year. Worst. I've been doing this thing for oh, 10, 12 years now. Um, and this is by far the worst season I've ever had. I, I can't explain it other than it's absolutely out of garbage. Well, I'll have to take your um, advice more then, obviously. <laughs> oh, nah, mate. This, I, don't, I don't think it's been. Uh, any any one or one or two sort of big decisions. It's it's just been trying to be trying to be too clever at the beginning of the year, starting with actually starting with starting with, with Turbo, not having Papenhuisen when he go when he goes big, not having Teddy when he goes big. It just goes goes to show you've got to have those key players in the big weeks and trying to be too clever, bringing in guys like you know sort of Walker when he's averaging four, 40, thinking he's got a real good draw, he'll bounce back. Nah. People are going on shit. They're going on shit for a reason. Just, I think you I think you need to be uh, clever and not trying to uh, outspite everyone else, mate. It's a very, very simple game. Sometimes you just need to go with the crowd. Well, we'll definitely do a review and talk about all that. But until then, thanks for jumping on. Good luck this week. And good luck to all the other super coaches out there. Hope you get through to your head-to-head grand finals or you make some ground in your overall climb. You can find us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. Download or stream the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, and also SoundCloud. You can follow us on all those as well and get the most up-to-date episodes immediately. Certainly tune in at the end of the week for the Talking Footy episode that will hit Friday. Good luck this week with the footy. Can't wait to do the Talking Footy at the end of the week and can't wait to talk more Supercoach real soon with everyone next week. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on.